Great morning, everyone, and welcome to Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Cellini of the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn and Seton Hall University, class of 1985. My great pleasure to be back with you again today. The purpose of Thank God for Monday is to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, and peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times. Motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you as to how to utilize the information we provide today and take full accountability for the decisions you make and the resulting outcomes. Now, one of the goals of our show, thank God for Monday, is to introduce role models. Role models of people who take very bold steps in their work lives. This is a very wonderful time this month of December as 2022 is right around the corner. And as such, we are honored today to have with us a most special guest. Her name is Judith Belmont MS. Judy is the author of eight mental health and wellness books and two therapeutic card decks. Her latest book is a great one, A Year of Self-Esteem, Daily Reflections and Practices for Embracing Your Worth. Great morning and welcome to Thank God for Monday, Judy. Thank you. I appreciate you inviting me and being here. Uh, the honor is all ours. Can you share with us, please, from what city you're speaking from today? Our listeners always love to know. Okay. I am in Naples, Florida. Wow. You've just made the listeners and host very jealous. No yeah. doubt about that. It's pretty sweet here. Beautiful day. <laughs> We only have 30 minutes, sorry to say. We've got a lot to talk about. But before we get to the gist of the conversation, would you like to share with us just a little bit about your background and about yourself so our listeners get to know you a little bit better? Sure. I was a psychotherapist in private practice for most of my life in Pennsylvania. And um, since then, I have moved from Pennsylvania. I'm in Naples, Florida, and actually in... Uh, the Jersey Shore during the summertime. I have been a speaker um, for many, many years on workplace wellness and emotional wellness, mental health topics. And I, um, as you had said, is, uh, am an author, mental health author, and have written uh, books for therapists as well as for general self-help. We are so blessed to have someone on your, of your ilk on Thank God for Monday today. Thank you. I'm, I'm in the process of trying to write one book and I'm finding it super difficult. And you've written eight. So uh, kudos to you. That's incredible. We're going to jump now right into the deep end of the pool, Judy, and talk about self-esteem. Self-esteem is a phrase that might mean different things to different people, including myself. Help us out, please, Judy. What is self-esteem? Well, uh, that's a great uh, leading question. Self-esteem, like when I was growing up, I thought self-esteem was all based on accomplishments and achievement and being better than average. And a lot of times people think if I feel really good about myself, often it's because I'm better than average and something that I've done. 
Now, that doesn't mean it's bad to be better than, quote, average or like to have your accomplishments, but real self-esteem is not based on accomplishments and it's not based on being better than average because where would that leave half of the population? Um, that would mean half the population would have low self-esteem because they're lower than average in whatever area we're talking about. Um, self-esteem, true self-esteem is a, a sense of self-worth, a sense of value based on self-compassion and unconditional self-acceptance rather than your achievements. Because sometimes we fail Sometimes we make mistakes. That does not mean that we should feel bad about ourselves or kick ourselves or beat ourselves up. Um, the most, the real true self-esteem is unconditional self-acceptance, trying to be the best person that you can be, but not be judgmental of yourself as you are a work in progress. Uh, that's great advice. And thank you very much for that clarification, that description. Now, we hear a lot today about low self-esteem. Heal the onion for us, please, Judy. How does one actually get low self-esteem? Um, there's a lot of reasons why people don't feel good about themselves, but this really is not about blame um, because let's say people blame their parents. Oh, well, I, you know, they didn't boost enough confidence in me or the bullies at school did this to me. Sure. Things can lead and make it harder for people to have true self-esteem. But when you get stuck in blame of this is why I have self low self-esteem, um, you're going down the wrong track right now, low self-esteem. If someone feels like they have low self-esteem is based on what they tell themselves. They tell themselves that I am not as good as, you know, my classmates or, you know, my, my, my family members or people around me. And they beat themselves up for not being as good as other people. It's often based too much on comparison. So we can stop our low self-esteem with our self-talk. If we are more positive in our self-talk, if we are more rational and objective in our self-talk, we will have higher self-esteem. Oh, that's terrific to know. Now, I'm going to ask a question. I hope it's okay, because working in a college, St. Francis College in Student Affairs, we have a wellness center. And because of what's gone on the last couple of years in particular, it really has impacted the students' mental health and mental health of staff, faculty, administration as well. Is there a correlation? If someone has low self-esteem, Will it have an impact on a person's mental health? And if so, what might that effect be, please? A very nice question. Self-esteem is the cornerstone of mental health. The, when people have low self-esteem, they don't say good things to themselves. They often beat themselves up. They are critical of themselves. They're judgmental of themselves. And that leads to anxiety. That leads to depression, to eating disorders, and many, many... Uh, psychological mental health problems have as the basis, low self-esteem. Now, sometimes it's what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Uh, low self-esteem often happens when people are depressed because when people are depressed, what is one of the major symptoms? People have negative thought patterns. They often have irrational negative thought patterns. 
and they think, oh, you know, I failed at this, I'm a failure. That would be an example of a cognitive distortion, a negative thought pattern. So when we have low self-esteem, we think in ways that lead to depression and anxiety. So basically low self-esteem is the common cold of mental disorders. That is the foundation pretty much of everything. And of course, when you have a mental disorder, you're going to feel lower about yourself because you're not going to feel as uh, that sense of well-being um, and maybe not be able to function up to par, which will then lead to low self-esteem. So the trick is to not be judgmental. The trick is to accept yourself as a work in progress the way you are and realize that you're worthy not only just in your destination, if you succeed, but in the journey and the travel to your destination. You're just as worthy. Wow, that is really inspiring and encouraging advice. Now, if you don't mind me asking, I'd be very curious because you're the expert. I'm certainly not. Are you seeing the last couple of years an increase in lower self-esteem an increase in mental health that's kind of not as healthy as it should be. Very curious, what are you seeing out there, Judy? You mean dur during COVID, you mean? Yes, specifically, please. Well, the thing about COVID is it sparks a lot of anxiety and uncertainty. Um, so I would think that it is uh, more ripe for people with low self-esteem to uh, feel even worse about themselves because they are often more isolated. We don't have the same connectedness as we did before. And we also don't have the same carefreeness that we had before. So certainly I think COVID can affect it. It doesn't cause it. COVID can't change the way we look at things. I mean, unless there's actually a physical, um, you know, um, uh, physical experience we have from it. But um, isolation is really a problem. And when people are more isolated, they're more disconnected. They can't go out to dinner with friends because they don't feel comfortable being inside. They don't feel safe. Yeah, that's going to definitely increase our sense of self because part of the way we take care of ourselves is to socially connect with others. And if we are less connected, we're often going to be left with our own negative thoughts and negative patterns, and it's going to be harder to get out of them. So I do think that self-esteem has been impacted by the pandemic, not necessarily, uh, you know, um, initially, but because of the results of our isolation and maybe relying more on social media where you see people having a good time and feeling even more inferior. But the real main issue about increasing self-esteem is not to compare yourself to anybody except yourself and where you were yesterday and where you want to go. I teach a class, we call it Franciscan Career Transformation, Self-Awareness, Franciscan Values, Career Leadership. And one of the things the students have raised a few times during the semester is the social media and this propensity, if you will, to compare themselves to others. And naturally, everybody's putting their best forward, foot forward on social media and everybody looks so wonderful and this and that. And it seems sometimes to have an impact. And as you say, we have to be careful yeah. not to fall into that trap. 
no, no doubt. Right. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. And I believe that's very true. When you compare yourself to other people, you and, and judge your worth based on their worth and judge your accomplishments, accomplishments based on their accomplishments. Sure, you might come up, you know, and be better than them at times, but it sets yourself up when your self-esteem is conditional. You'll also find people to compare yourself to that you don't compare yourself to favorably. So comparison never really is some way to base your self-esteem. Um, it's a very detrimental way of judging yourself and your self-worth becomes way too conditional. So comparison really um, is, is, a, is a real trap for people to feel better about themselves. I like to, I would tell my clients that instead of using people to compare yourself to and feel inferior to, use them as a role model. So if someone has certain aspects that you would like in your life, use it as a motivation, use it as a role model of how can I not necessarily be more like them and less like myself, but what do I value in them that I would like to increase and figure out a way and a plan to increase this um, trait, such as you know having a better sense of humor. Okay, I wanna have a better job. I'm jealous of this person who has such a good job. What steps can I do to use as motivation in order to get to where I wanna go? That way, using as role models rather than um, as you know, um, comparisons that you fall short would be a lot healthier way to use people that you see as enviable. I love indeed that, and in, I'm going to suggest that to my students, uh, not comparisons, but role models, people that you aspire to be like or to right. aspire to be as Boy, that, that's really powerful. Now, you mentioned earlier in the show, maybe 50% of people are better, 50% of people are on one side, 50% on the other, et cetera, as far as wealth, success, more attractiveness. But I, I'm very uh, curious, I'm sure our listeners are as well, do people who maybe have more wealth, more success, more attractiveness, do they have more self-esteem? Well, I, I, I would think most people know people who are, or maybe have read about them, or that they've you know known personally or in the news, people who are wildly successful, attractive, have what what it seems to be like everything, and they don't feel good about themselves. I mean, even Oprah Winfrey, um, in reading you know different excerpts about her um, and listening to a couple of her books, she talks about way into her forties feeling like she needed to be a people pleaser, that she didn't feel as good about herself. I mean, it really is unbelievable wow. how people who are so successful still don't feel good about themselves. I mean, Robin Williams, part of the reason why he took his life is that he felt so ashamed and bad about himself. In an interview, uh, not that uh, far from when he committed suicide, he talked about the shame and the guilt that he felt for the mistakes that he made in his life. So people could be wildly talented and successful 
and feel awful about themselves if they are not uh, mentally well. Oh, that's fascinating. Right? It doesn't really matter. I mean, you would think that, oh, the better you have it and the more you have and the more possessions and the more attractive, you know, maybe there's a slight correlation, but there's been a lot of studies. Uh, Shauna Kaur in The Happiness Advantage had a, um, a survey of Harvard students that were incoming freshmen. And, okay, these were very talented, very bright uh, people, were they happier than most people? And there was a longitudinal study that at the beginning, starting Harvard, yeah, they were probably happier than average. But after like the first few months, the first year, the second year follow-up, they were pretty much about happy as the general population. Boy, that really says a mouthful, no doubt about it. Very, very revealing. Now, is low self-esteem, Judy, a life sentence? So for example, if someone has low self-esteem, is there a hope of developing into a person with higher self-esteem or is there no hope? Absolutely. And um, in the foreword of my book, um, A Year of Self-Esteem, I actually talk about when I was growing up, I had terrible self-esteem. And maybe that's what made me want to go into my field and, um, and, 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 and focus on mental health and wellness such in topics such as self-esteem. Um, I was afraid to speak up in class. I had very little confidence. I was tall. I was gawky. Um, and I didn't feel good about myself. I was very, very much in comparison with these, you know, cuter, popular girls and didn't feel good about myself. But as I got older and became a grown up and learned more about cognitive distortions and how to think more healthy and whatever, I chose to have higher self-esteem. And after a while, I I mean, I'm a lot older now, so it was a long time in the past that I've had low Um, self-esteem. Now I feel like my self-esteem is very high because, uh, not because of my achievements, although that certainly feels good, but I have learned the importance of unconditional self-acceptance and pursuing the passions that are important to me without judging myself. If I fail or succeed, I'm, I learn self-love along the way, no matter what. Wow. That is a lesson for all of us to take with us for the end of this month of December and into 2022 and beyond. And it's very interesting because you've gone through an incredible life transformation I can just sense in this interview so far in the 20 minutes we've shared together that uh, you've come so far. And I I can't imagine a person who was not where you are now, but uh, it it sounds like that was the case when you were much younger. And I think you just alluded to this, that you uh, maybe this your your background, your childhood uh, is why you've chosen the field. Is this what made you interested in writing about self-esteem? Because you've certainly shared so much good in this great book and other books that you've written. Um, I sort of fell into writing because I was a seminar provider for other therapists. Um, and so I, I am, and it turned out the continuing ed provider, which is the largest in the country, um, also was a publisher. And they asked me to write a book for them. Now, this is before they got really big. So, um, <laughs> so I, I got in through the ground floor when I was a seminar presenter for them. 
And then from there, I just got asked to, um, th th those books were books for other therapists. Um, uh, it was a series called the uh, Therapeutic Tips and Tools for the Therapeutic Toolbox series. And I had like handouts, worksheets, practical uh, things that you can do with clients to uh, improve mental health and wellness. So, and then from there, I just got different offers from different publishers. Um, and, and I never, you know, decided, okay, I'm just going to write a book on self-esteem, but because of my mental health and wellness uh, expertise, I was approached by uh, Rockbridge Press to do that book. But it was a, it's a topic very dear to my heart because I've always uh, known that the self-esteem is the cornerstone of mental health. And I was thrilled to do it. And I love doing the book. And actually, I have another book coming out next month with them, um, The Five-Minute Self-Care Journal. Wow. Self-care and self-esteem are so tightly interwoven. You can't have good self-care if you don't have good self-esteem. So let's say you have good self-care with nutrition and exercise and whatever, but if you still beat yourself up or have a lot of cognitive distortions, which means thinking errors such as, you know, I failed, therefore I'm a failure. You tell yourself things that are not true about yourself, like, oh, I'll never, you know, make it in this world or I'll never amount to much or whatever. Um, you're not going to take care of yourself. You have to emotionally take care of yourself before you can physically, spiritually, and socially take care of yourself. Oh, with great advice, certainly. I'm sure our audience is waiting for me to ask this next question. I think you've alluded to a few of them already, but uh, some more perspective will be very, very helpful as we head into 2022. What are a few tips that you can provide, please, to improve the self-esteem that the listeners and I can, as soon as Monday morning, uh, implement? Well, one thing that I, I think is has been helpful to me and is has been very helpful for my clients is if you're feeling really bad to write what you're thinking. Because a lot of times we feel paralyzed by um, our emotions, but you can't change your feelings you can't force changing your feelings and say, oh, I shouldn't feel sad. I shouldn't feel mad. But you can change your thoughts that create the feelings. So let's say you're feeling really down. Write down what your thoughts are and then look at those items and say, okay, is this stories I tell myself or is this fact or is it fiction? So for instance, if you're feeling bad, and you write, I feel like nobody likes me, okay? Is this factual? Obviously not. Nobody means 100%. So then you can rephrase it and actually write a more rational sentence, such as, I do feel bad when I do not feel liked by many people. Okay, that maybe isn't still such a great thought, but at least it is more factual or some people then nobody likes me. A lot of times we tell ourselves very distorted things that are all or nothing, that show all or nothing thinking, such as, you know, I'll never be able to do this. I'll never find anybody to love, you know, things that are over-exaggerated. So 
I'm concerned that I will not find someone that I am compatible with. Okay, that that is a normal concern, but sure. I'll never find anybody to love or nobody will ever love me. You know, I'm unlovable. That is completely irrational thinking. And some people tell themselves very strange, weird stuff, and they don't even know it. But if you write it down and then look at it objectively, and does this show some cognitive distortions, such as all or nothing thinking or jumping to conclusions, which are, oh, he didn't uh, call me, he must hate me. Okay, that would be an example of a sure. jumping to conclusion cognitive distortion. So that's one thing you can do. Another thing is to have a self-esteem kit. And that's a visual reminder of your worth. So for instance, you have like a little kit of little objects like around the house, like a Band-Aid, for instance, can be in this little bag or a little box. And it will remind you about the importance of healing and self-compassion and not blaming yourself. You can have a pencil in that toolkit. And that would be, I am in charge of writing my life and the way the rest of my life turns out. I am not a victim of anybody else. Because a lot of people blame other people for their feelings and for their circumstance. But we have a lot more control than we often give ourselves credit for. So if we say, oh, she makes me so mad, we're actually telling us a story. We're telling us ourselves a lie. No one can, I mean, we're not talking about, about abuse here, by the way. We're talking about normal adult sure. interaction. No. Um, nobody can make you feel, you feel a certain way in response. So a toolkit that would represent different things like that, um, have a Hershey kiss in there. It represents self-love. Um, on my website, which is Belmont Wellness, I have um, a lot of free handouts and one is about this toolkit um, that you can assemble. So that would be another example. Another thing that you can do for boosting self-esteem is connect with others and find at least one or two people you can self-disclose to because the more people think in their narrow way and they don't get validation from others, Make sure, of course, that person is a supportive person. And if it isn't, then you don't use that person because you don't want to play by someone else's narrative that's negative about you. Sadly, Judy, time's getting very short, but I still have a couple of very important questions for you. Uh, in this class that I teach, we do a segment every semester on forgiveness and also one on gratitude. I'm very curious. Do forgiveness and gratitude affect self-esteem? And if so, how might they? Wow, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Forgiveness and gratitude is so entwined in self-esteem because if we are bitter, we're not going to feel good about ourselves. We're going to focus on what we don't have rather than what we do. And when people are stuck in the past and stuck about what happened and can't forgive either other people or themselves, it's like hugging a rock. You don't have any growth. You don't have any way to change. And you become a prisoner of your past. So forgiveness is really big on self-esteem because if you can't forgive either yourself or others, your self-esteem is going to suffer tremendously. Wow. 
I'm going to have to mention that to our students. And certainly, I'm going to be recommending your great book to them. And that leads me to the most important question, which we've saved for last, uh, Judy. Where can our loyal listeners find you and take a look at your great book here, A Year of Self-Esteem? Um, you can um, certainly find it on Amazon. Just uh, Google A Year of Self-Esteem or Judith Belmont. And I have an author page where I have all my books. Um, but also visit Belmont Wellness, um, B-E-L-M-O-N-T Wellness, Belmont Wellness, is my website. And I have a lot of free resources as well as uh, little videos um, uh, and, and, and self-help uh, resources for people. And um, so that's where you can find me and uh, drop me a line and tell me what you think if you read any of my books or looked and um, found any of my resources helpful. And they're all meant to download and to use for your personal use. Listeners, please, please take full advantage of these resources that uh, Judy Belmont has said, uh, belmontwellness.com, uh, is that? Uh, yes, belmontwellness.com. Dot com. Okay, great. Very, very good. I can tell you, I feel better about me after reading this. I'm going to be using this every day during 2022. And I highly Thank encourage you. you do also. And naturally, uh, Christmas is still on the way. This would make a great stocking stuffer for people you it love. Would. It's a very, very small book. So it, it's right over here, um, if you've seen the video. And um, it would be a great stocking stuffer. No doubt and there's just a little snippet every day, a, a daily dose of inspiration. No question about that. And listeners, once you're done uh, checking out the website and ordering Judy's book, don't hesitate to follow us, please. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and now on TikTok as well. So your suggestions, comments uh, are always very, very much welcome. Judith Belmont, MS, we can't thank you enough for gracing the airwaves of WSOU and thank God for Monday today. Uh, we've been enlightened. Yes, we've been very much inspired. You've given us hope for 2022. Hope that we can feel a lot better about ourselves. So we Absolutely. wish you continued joy, success, happiness in your writing and another book that you're writing and uh, all the best for a great 2022 and beyond. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank uh, you for the great questions. Uh, the honor was ours. Listeners, guess what? Once again, we're out of time. Greg saying our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning, just like Judith does, you'll say, Thank God for Monday.